Julia Steele gets stuff done. At the start of COVID, when the world was in turmoil, Julia had a big audacious goal. She started Vid19, a 19-day online summit that had 15,000 people listen to it. If you want to talk about implementing big ideas and how to get stuff done, Julia Steele is your girl to listen to, and she's my guest today on the Reset Podcast. Welcome, Julia Steele. So, welcome to the Reset Podcast, Julia Steele. Is it good being you? <laughs> what a great question to start with. Is it good being me? Of course, I've got no no choice to be anyone else. So uh, I, I'm going to own own what I've got right now. I think owning it. Nice. It's amazing how much that is the comment that we get a lot. I think I've probably got to ask you new questions because it's a really <laughs> every everyone who I get on is a really confident sort of person. And they just say, "Yeah, it's good being me." Right. So yeah, it's good. So just to put a bit of background on it, Julia is amazing. And we met, we met about 12 months ago. And at the start of COVID, you looked around and thought we need to do something. Um, tell us all what you did. Oh, I think I was out one night and I had catching up with a couple of good friends of ours, actually, Louisa Coppel and Mel Kettle, and we were talking about where we were and it was mid-March and I think we all kind of knew that we were going to be going into lockdown pretty soon. And I thought, well, what can, what can we do? So like you, I'm a, a speaker, a coach. I was like, how can I help as many people as possible right now? So I had this idea to run a conference and not satisfied with one day, I thought I'd run it for 19, 19 days. So just yeah, randomly fucking random, randomly nineteen days. Yeah, it's just don't do don't do things by half. Gonna if you're gonna do it, do it properly, I think. And um yeah, nineteen so it was nineteen days and yeah, people like yourself and a lot of great people that we know mutually just put their hand up to speak and had a hundred and seventy-two speakers all together and um yeah, so many so many great topics and just amazing response from people at home. So fifteen thousand people joined. And 32 wow. countries, and uh, yeah, this was the time when we were going into lockdown the first time. It was maybe March. Yeah, it March was mid March. We, we started. Yeah. Yes, and 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 you sat through every single one of them. Everyone says sat through. It's amazing how many people <laughs> sat through. Hard, like, it? like it was some incredible <laughs> ordeal. But it was, you know, what it's an absolute privilege to sit through so many sessions. And, and I got a lot of a lot of personal help from from it as well. Like having having something to get up through get get up for every day, um, getting to listen to some great speakers and get to know everyone that participated as well. In terms of people at home, was just fantastic. Yeah, it's it's amazing to to look at it because. We'd kind of done Zoom a little bit before that, but, you know, it's now, you know, we're all Zoomed out. We've been Zoomed within an inch of our life. And um, I just remember doing, I'd never actually presented on Zoom before. I'd done, I'd done, you know, meetings and stuff, but I'd never presented on Zoom. And it was just, oh, wow. I look back at it now and it's amazing how much we've learned in those six months. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely accelerated everyone's everyone's learning, whether it's Zoom or any other platform people are using. We've all had to adapt and adapt pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, and was it was it hard getting all the technology and stuff of that sorted out? Was like, oh. that was a fairly audacious goal. Yeah, you got your big hairy <laughs> audacious goal, didn't you? So yeah, it's a big hairy audacious goal. And look, you you um, called me a bit of a nerd before we started this, so um, I will put my hands up and confess that, that, that when it comes yeah, when it when it comes to technology, I, I do have a an undergrad in computer science. It doesn't come out very often, but it does uh, come in handy when you're trying to you know create a website 
and get Zoom sessions set up. And and so was it? It was actually quite simple from a okay. looking back point of view. Um, I could have made it a lot more complicated, but I think um, the key to every idea is you know start small and and build it. I think. But that's amazing. Have fifteen thousand people come on something like that. It must fill you with a massive amount of pride. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's. I think I think anything we can do to help people right now, and, and so many people are, um, the, the the better off we'll all be. Like putting out, reaching out a hand to to help even just one person right now is is a great thing to do. So to be able to to reach so many people um, at such an important time for all of us was was fantastic. And I think yeah. the amount of people that got involved um, really just brought to to the fr- front and centre to me. Just this is something that we're all navigating. It doesn't matter you know, your social demographic, your ethnicity, where you are in the world, you know, every, everyone has been impacted by, by COVID um, in, some, in some way. So um, it really brought us together, I think. If we had to sum up what you do, um, I'd probably say you get shit done. Would that be a fairly... <laughs> uh... Really yeah, I, 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 of, of the Julia Steele. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say I have a bias for action. It's uh, maybe a little bit higher up the scale than most than most people. Yeah. I, I love taking ideas and 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 turning them into to great outcomes. And and if it's if there's an opportunity, it, it's not so much about if, whether it works or not for me. Often it's 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 giving it a go. And um, I mean, I'm a big fan of. Of, of looking at ideas and figuring out why they worked and why those didn't and all of that all of that great psychology as well so um yeah i think it would be very easy it could be very easy to say i've had a great idea about running a conference and they never do it um but i'm mm. sitting here now going i wonder if i if i had done it what what would it been and i'm not a big fan of regrets so uh i think uh yeah I would do it again tomorrow. Maybe not for 19 days, but I would do it. I would do it again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I remember ringing you a couple of times saying, you okay, do you want me to tag in and host a couple of them for you just so you can get some sleep? And you're like, nah, and I'm going to grind more. I did it all magnificently, well, which is great. But yeah, it's a great, so en- a great energy that came through. Yeah, I read a great quote the other day and it was something like, you know, action is your way to find answers. And that yeah. kind of fits in with what you do, isn't it? If you make a mistake, you made a mistake and you've learned from it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, a, a good mentor of mine, Brian Coyman, unfortunately passed away a few years ago, but he's one of the founding fathers of project management here in Australia. And he told me over a glass of wine um, in my mid-20s that the only day you know everything you've got to do is on your last. And that's that's really, really stuck wow. in my mind um, just about every in every aspect of my life that we're not actually meant to know everything that we need to do and if and if I did everything if I did know everything wouldn't that kind of be a boring world like if you think about yeah. it if you, knew, if you knew everything that you need to do for the rest of your life it would be kind of like well that's a bit shit what's the point, <laughs> what's the point? so we're meant yeah. we're, we're meant to be we're meant to be able to figure this stuff out so how did you go with that because you've worked with some big corporates and had a lot of those sort of exec jobs at the start how have you gone transitioning from being one of those to now mentoring and 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 coaching those sorts of people. How, you, how did you find that little transition? I think, I think you and I, we're, we're quite similar from the conversations that we've had, right? There, there's good stories that come out of those and there's battle scars, that the hard-earned war stories that you just go, yeah, wish I hadn't learned that. Learn that lesson, but I'm <laughs> so much, I'm so much better that. for learning, so much better for learning it. And yeah. uh, I think the, the problems are the same. It doesn't matter whether you are a large 
corporate or you're an individual person just trying to make your, your life better, right? The uncertainty is the same. The fear is the same. The stress of trying to figure it out is the same. The complexity is different, but, but all of the things that we feel emotionally are, are identical. Um, the top end of town in the corporate space you know, your neck's on the line as much as if you're a business owner or a solopreneur, right? And, it's, and you're just talking about your own, your own little bit of bit of the world. So, um, yeah, I'm quite interested from a from a change point of view of how we personally respond respond to that. And when how we when you look at that, because you obviously help people with a lot of change and help people get stuff done. Yeah. What do you see as the major roadblocks to getting that for the majority of people? I think the I think the biggest roadblock is I think people think that it's all about the idea, whereas the idea is actually the, the start and it's the hard stuff is what comes afterwards. So if I take vid 19, for example, the idea appears in an instant, right? And, and I see businesses all the time coming up with great ideas and great strategies of what they want to do, do next. But having the idea is, is literally you just getting to the start line, right? It's like uh, Usain Bolt warming up mm. on, the, on the start line before he runs 100 metres, and then the gun goes off and you get halfway down, halfway down your 100 metres and then you realise that the end's actually all the way around the other side of the track and you've got to keep, you've got to keep going. So to me, it's, there's, a, there's a, a stamina and a momentum and an energy that needs to, needed to sustain change. And again, it doesn't matter whether you're talking personal change um, or corporate change. Once you've made that decision to, to go, getting halfway along, you don't, you saying Bolt doesn't get halfway along 100 metres and decides, oh, you know, I thought it was a good idea to run. I'm going to stop. I'm getting a bit tired now. I'm just going to yeah. you know, kick off my shoes and, and lay back. So I think the, the aside from the mechanics of delivery, um, which is a different conversation, just creating that momentum and the stamina to, to, keep, to keep going and being able to keep going regardless of all the uncertainty um, that, that that comes up in the pro in in the process. That's that's the hardest thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I find one of the one of the hardest things is when you don't quite know how to do something. Often inertia is the next yeah you know, the next best thing. You know, yeah. If you don't quite know how to do it perfectly, you just don't do anything. Yes. No. Absolutely. And I guess that, that's, that's not the way you roll. Uh, I th- I think I was actually I'm doing a. a keynote in a couple of weeks and I was looking at different stories uh, from history about what about significant changes and one of the stories I I like to use quite often is about Sydney Harbour Bridge and what a lot of people don't know about Sydney Harbour Bridge that people were talking about building the bridge for a hundred years before anyone did anything right and you go how the the hell for such an iconic you know symbol did it take a hundred years for people to get to that to that place where someone actually put their hand up and said, "No, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it," and I think um, there is there is an inertia, as you say. There's lots of reasons not to do something, but what is what's the reason? What's the what do you want to do? And um, it takes a lot. I think it just takes that one person, whether it's the CEO of an organisation or someone within an organisation, to say, "Yeah, no, I'm I'm the person to do this." And then that person is the person that then builds the momentum with other people. people yeah, and it takes some bravery, doesn't it, to, it does, to do that absolutely. when it's, re, you know, like doing a you know, 19-day conference <laughs> when no one really knew how to do online conferences and stuff back then. <laughs> yeah, that, that took some bravery. It was pretty impressive. 
Yeah, I think it, it's like a lot of people. A lot of people have talked to me about risk and what if it hadn't worked. And it's like, really, what 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 would have been the impact if it hadn't have worked? I would have put my hand up and and told people I'm running a conference and no one showed up. In the grand scheme yeah. of what's going on in the world, does that is that really important? Like, and even Matt if Church I just, has, Matt Church, one of our mutual mentors, has a has a great line for that: is if you're going to drive off a cliff, don't leave skid marks. <laughs> if you're going to have a, a conference and no one's going to turn it up, just yeah. don't have it. And, yeah, you know, but even if but even if five people had shown up, it still would have been five people that yeah. got something out of it, right? And so I think I think being just like leaning into that and and you know, giving people an opportunity to get behind what it is that you're you're doing is better than not doing anything, not doing anything at all. Yeah, there's, there's one thing I'd, I'd like to touch on, and please tell me that, that if you don't want to. But the first, one of the first times we met was at a, a thing called Speakership, which is something I've run by Matt Church. And you told one of the most heartfelt, well, I don't know if heartfelt is the right word for it, but it like just absolutely moved me inside. And it was a terrible story, but the way you've been able to reset that in your brain, it was a me too story. Would you be able to tell us that story again? Hey. Yeah, so um, or, yeah, I can. I'll do the abridged. I'll do the abridged version. Give the abridged version. I'll do the abridged nice. version. So, um, look, I'm not the only person in the world with a me, me too story, but um, I do have one from when I was 16 years old. I, I was sexually assaulted while I was on holiday with my with my family, and it is an incredibly traumatic experience. Um, so traumatic that I didn't tell anyone about it for a long time. And in fact, I think the the first when I did it at speakership was the first time I'd stood on stage and told and told that story um, to an audience. And what I had to do over that over the nineteen of those twenty years is I kept it locked locked inside, and because I didn't know what to do, I didn't know what to do with it. So the some of the things you touched on earlier about fear and uncertainty and um being having the courage to like reveal that story as part of who who I am there's a courage like telling my parents that story is the scariest thing I've ever done in my entire in my right. in, in my entire life but having to work through what happened first and foremost in terms of trauma but then also well what do I want that to make it mean and to not stand on stage as uh, a victim of sexual assault, but also to, to stand on stage as a survivor of sexual assault and to, to own that power um, and the strength that, that comes, comes with it. And when I, when I look at things like um, VIT-19, people go, well, you know, were you worried? You know, were you scared? It was like, well, compared to this thing that happened a long time ago, it, it pales, pales, pales in comparison, if, yeah. if, if that makes sense. And um I'm 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 really happy to talk about it in the context of I take I I've taken something from that and I think people will take something from what's going on now in terms of COVID and say, so, well, what do you feel that like? Mean? It's given you that identity that you know I can get through that. I can get through anything. Is there an element of that? Yeah, I think so. I think there's the. I think I think right, we all I think we all um, go. You know, it's just, what are we what are we made of? And have we have we got everything we need and are we strong enough to really do what we want to do um but i think i think there, i i think i do compare what i'm doing to, to that um for sure and but i think what it does is it is it reassures me that 
yeah, even in the even in the worst of t- times, even in even like right now in, in COVID, one of the things. Um, that, just for everyone, Julie, Julie's actually in Melbourne as well, yeah, so I'm she's been locked down for what two months now. <laughs> yeah, two seven seven weeks. I think we're up to now. So um, yeah, wow. Yeah, so there, I think there is a a bit of a if I've been through that, I can get through this f- for sure. Um, and some of the positive. Um, psychology almost of going okay well the glass isn't half empty it's half full what can I do do now and I think how can um, I learn from this how can I learn from this and I think right now people people a lot of people particularly in Melbourne are finding what's going on quite traumatic and I think if there's if I can take my me too story and, and sit it next to COVID in some way it would be spend some time understanding what is going on for mm-hmm. you and, and for people and go well, what what can I make that mean? And it doesn't have to be the end of the world, even if right now it does feel like it yeah. for some. Yeah, I, I guess there's, a, there's something I've been trying to do over the last few weeks and it's, it, it fits in with the stress epsilon side of things, but it's also just almost being comfortable with discomfort. Yeah. And I'm, I know, you know, Buddhists and things like that have been saying that sort of stuff for years, but <laughs> there's something about it when you actually can can stop for a second and just say, okay, just, feel the discomfort for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not 19 years like you did. But, yeah. Um, but, you know, to be able to feel that discomfort and then work out what have I learned from this, where can I go? And yeah. do you feel that's what you you have done with it? Yeah, I think I think um, there's a di- like discomfort comes up in lots of ways. Right? Some people feel fear. Some people will feel um exposed or vulnerable and some people feel it as as pressure and one of the books i'm reading now is um, called performance under pressure and it talks it talks about um how you know the top 10 percent of performers whether they're athletes senior executives they're they're no different to your your i in terms of mechanically how they deal with pressure like we all have the same um inner workings but they're able to recognize that that pressure, that uncertainty, and go what, and actually use it as an energy to keep to keep going. Almost, it's almost like a drive to keep going, yeah. rather than a rather than a I don't know what to do with it, so I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to do nothing at all. Yeah, there's a, a guy called Adam Fraser, who's a I don't know if you've heard of him. He's done in Victoria as well. He wrote a book called The Third Space. He, he did that. The studies on those people like your Roger Federer's as well, yep. and they're actually no better at tennis than the number two hundred ranked, but they're way better at being in the right state for every single point. Yeah, and and I guess that sounds like what what you're talking about there. Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and it goes back to what I said at the beginning is recognizing that that feeling is absolutely normal, and it's just mm-hmm. a choice about it's just a choice about what we what we do with it. Um, you know, my Me Too story, I made a choice. Not to tell people, I made a choice to to get back. And those to choices it. were probably right for you at the time. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I didn't know. When, I didn't know what it, to do with it. Yeah, when you were yeah. when you were had the skills to be able to deal with it, you did. Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, but feel. Well, would be, I was going to say, I feel I feel more complete for doing it. Right, there's no wondering now. Um, yeah. And that, and that's that's the main that's the main thing. So as my guru of getting shit done, <laughs> if you had to give people a, a couple of tips of. What what would your full on the Julia Steele nuggets be to to sort of say you want to get shit done to this? How would you sum it up? So I think I think the first thing is is that we're all incredibly busy, right? And we get a lot done, 
but not necessarily it's not all necessarily going in the right direction so my first message to be to people would be find find a path it doesn't matter what that path is for you but it's nothing worse than being incredibly busy going nowhere so yeah. first thing is is find your path um the second thing would be then do do what matters so um not what your goals are but what actually matters what do you what do you want and if i look at vid 19 what i wanted to do was help people the vehicle that i chose was was the conference and and that doing what you want is a drive right it's a personal desire it keeps keeps you going and once you've once you've done that figure out how to make it how to make it bigger and just so it's almost like ideas start really small in my head and then they get the 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 more energy they get the bigger they the bigger they grow and um, so getting shit done is it start really small but make sure just get yourself pointed in in the right direction would be my my number one tip nice nice well julia Steele, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on here finally and having a good chat and i can't um, wait for us both to be in the same room because i know we always we have will, great we conversations when we can, when we can. <laughs> yeah but thank you for coming on the Re- reset podcast and i hope everyone that's listening can get some shit done thanks for your advice so yeah no, julia, it's been great legendary thanks lee